911 in Saul's Pizza. What's your emergency? Wait, did, did you just say you were a pizza place? No, we're a 911 operator, but we also deliver pizzas. We find that a lot of emergencies can be solved by pizza delivery. Okay, that's weird, but okay. How can I help you, sir? What's your emergency? Oh, my God. I need your help. You need to send somebody right now. Okay, sir, calm down. What's wrong? I, I mean, I'm on some back road right now, and I, I, there's, a, there's an ambulance, and it's open, and, and there's, like, these dead people back down, and there's blood everywhere. I don't know what to do. Okay, sir, you, you did the right thing in calling us. Now, where are you? What is? Do you have any mile markers? Can you check your location? No, I'm in a random back road that I took after leaving the hospital. You took a, a random back road yeah. after leaving the hospital, yeah, and there's yeah. an ambulance that also took the same back road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard this is the fastest way back to the city. Anyway, the though, back that's road the point. Is. You need to send somebody right now. There's, 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 there's okay. murdered people. Uh, sir, calm down. I am. Uh, police are on their way. I'm sending police right to your location. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There yeah. are these two scary-looking twins, and they're really far away, and they're like, they have their claws out. Okay, sir, maybe you should get back in your car. Okay, do not approach them. How did you know I'm outside of my car? Because you're obviously a fat man and you're out of breath, so that means you were moving around and getting out of your car. Very good. You're very good at your job. But anyway, they're they're coming this way, and they're just like like 10 feet away. Hold on, we're on our way. Just stay there so we can kill you. What do you want me to do? They're like full of blood, and they have like hospital gowns, and they're just walking towards me. You know what? Fine. Just put them on the phone. Okay, hold on. She, wa- uh, she wants to talk to you on the phone. Who is it? It's the it's the operator. It's 911. Who is it? What do they want? Give me that phone. Hi. Yes, this is Rec Morta Boulay. This is the lady of the house speaking. Oh my god, I know. Okay, I'd like to order a very large 12-inch Italian. That's exactly what you said when you yes. killed my father. Extra sausage and stuffed. You oh, son of a bitch. Don't forget to I have spent my whole life searching for you. Either. Oh, and make sure he delivers it to the back I of the ambulance. I will find you and I will kill you. I don't care how many back roads you to my front door. I will All right. avenge my father's death. Welcome to Hello Uglies, the Dragula recap show for Season 3, Episode 1. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one non-binary socialist with a penchant for anarchy. From the Bloody Podcast, please say, Hello Uglies, to Lori Roggenkamp. Hello, Lori. Hello. Oh. I have my, uh... My my uh, scar- weird scarf on that that covers my just my neck. <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna go get uh, a pumpkin spice latte after you finish <laughs> your confessional. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I you know stuck my head through Elmo's vagina and ri- and just ripped it out that way. So I'm gonna tell good. you something. I'm gonna tell you why I hate you. Okay. Every single episode. For most of season two, I don't think any of season one, you've yelled this shut up at me and get me every single time. I know. The I didn't one want to do time, it time I was prepared for it, 
you didn't do it. Then I thought in my, to myself, I'm going to do it to her. And it didn't phase you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can I say? And I you want know. everyone to know, and I don't want to, I don't want to tip my, I, you know, I, look, so I'm going to tip my hair a little bit. I'm going to tip my hand just a little bit here. Is I just saw the first 10 minutes of... Well, before I even watched uh, Dracula, uh, Lori and I had a conversation. We were talking about what we thought season three was going to be like. And I said, one of us said, I don't remember who, said, um, what if it's good? One of us said that. What I if said it's that. Good? Yeah, I was you. worried because I was like... Because, you know, I, I came into this being more of a... Um, of a shitster almost mm-hmm. to be like, to point out the, the ridiculousness, you were sort of like the, the drag expert. Uh-huh. And so you would always correct me if I had it. So I was like, well, what am I going to do if, if it's actually good? Cause mm-hmm. then I'm just going to be like, yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Like that was a good thing they did. Yeah. You know? So <clears throat> that's why I always feel like weird about um, whenever you ask me to go to guest on drag, drag race because i'm always like well i don't really have much to talk about unless it's yeah. like a comedy point of view yeah so well i have a couple of things to say one and i told you this on my other show rupaul's drag race recap uh one of our best seasons ever in fact we just played it on our feed was season six which is widely considered uh one of if not the best season of rupaul's drag race ever so there's very little to criticize and yet and I think this might be the same case with this season of, of uh, Dracula. It's uh, it's also one of the best seasons we've ever done of uh, Drag Race Recap, if not the best season we've ever done of Drag Race Recap. And so a strong season doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad uh, recap because season six, and this might be the case with uh, Dracula season three, had a lot of characters that you could make fun of and, and, and comment on. So if the even though the competition was strong, I mean, and what I mean, the actual structure of the competition uh there were people on the season that you could just rip on and make fun of the whole time and that might be the case here and not only that they might be around for a while because the most interesting ones seem to be the strongest ones um but we'll we'll get into that in a bit so so you've watched the episode anyway so 10 minutes in i call laura and i go oh laura you're gonna be so scared because it's it's the first 10 minutes is so much better than anything that they've done and by the way who knows by the way speaking of drag race there have been drag race seasons where the (coughs) opening episode was really good and then it's all downhill from there that's what i i said that too because i was like you know i don't know i'm not gonna judge i mean don't get me wrong. I thought this episode was far and above the best opening episode. Uh-huh. But I will actually say I don't think it was the best episode that they've really? had. Really? Yeah. See, I actually I... think that mm-hmm. compared to the finale of last, like the opener, for example, mm-hmm. opener for a season, yeah, this was the best. But opener for the show, I felt like the one with Meatball in the finale where she yeah. was, she came out like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, they played it for camp, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was better, in my opinion, than 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 this one. But this is uh, to open the season. Yeah, this was the best of of all of all seasons. Yeah, and I still think it was. It had a thematic point, mm-hmm. you know, like it had. We could, I could, I could follow what was happening to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there were still some logical questions that I had that I had, but I, I think that, you know, I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was really well done. To be honest, yeah, they have they have definitely, as we say in the parlance, stepped their pussy up. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Hollow Eve just called me. She's really upset. She's not, uh, she, she doesn't have time for me saying that they stepped their pussy up. Cause yeah, I just took a a female's body part. Yeah, and- how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? How dare you do that? But can I also point out that the black drag queen is not very good. <laughs> That's a, Wait, that's there, what I there, there are two black drag queens. That that uh, well, one of them's like, isn't she like Persian or something? Because she said like baklava and something. So I I felt like she might be like Greek or Persian or something. Oh, I just thought she was. No, I think she's just plain old black. You know, black oh. people can dance. And she was talking about certain dances, right? And they can dance. Black people are allowed to dance other things, Lori. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I just, I, we will I not just, stand for any kind of uh, caricatures of black people on this show, Lori. I know. I know. You're very pro <laughs> not be, not stereotype. Um, no, I, I, I just my I know where I'm going to jump around. But my favorite thing about that whole fish thing was that she she was like, you know, it's this th- this day and age. We shouldn't be doing using that term. And I'm just I'm not here for it. I'm not going to deal with it. We shouldn't be dealing with that prejudice. And it's like, who do you think should go home? Uh, the black drag queen, Lucia, <laughs> like without hesitation. <laughs> well, well, I ha- I do have thoughts in the fish conversation and there. It's very complicated, but we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, all right. In fact, why don't we just jump right into uh, the episode? Um, this week, the Boulay brothers rise from the dead to bring back another season of Dracula. First, we see the Boulay brothers unleash their vengeance on some innocent security guards and a fat man. Then, we get to meet our monsters. Madeline Hatter wins a trip to Florida, and Landon Sider wins a chalice full of spiders that he will be forced to chug if he wants to stay in the competition. For the main challenge, the contestants will put on a floor show with their best supervillain couture. In the boudoir, the contestants get to know each other and make some sketches for their pre-made outfits. After the floor show, Dahlia Black was named the winner of the challenge, while Violencia and Maxi Glamour were placed in the bottom two. To determine who would stay in the competition, the girls were forced to jump out of an airplane. Violencia elected to bow out of the competition rather than jump out of an airplane, and for that, paid the ultimate price. Lori, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. So I I really liked the dressing room that they had. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. I liked the way that it's like shaped like a coffin. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how they opened with that competition with that like I um that that like uh where they had the do- them open the make the compacts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun, and I thought it was like a quick way to sort of get the competition started. Um. And uh, what I didn't like, I actually didn't like the Boulay Brothers looks in this episode. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Disagree. Thumbs down. Dislike. Oh, my goodness. I, I just didn't think they were, for a season opener, I didn't think they were, well, the first one, I didn't think was, was, was uh, when, they, when they introduced the queens, I didn't think it was like that avant like that crazy it was they were wearing um those clear or those white um contacts yeah and i was like okay they've done that 
they've done that contact thing before. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, one of the things I have an issue with is whenever people try and be like crazy, but then it's like mm-hmm. with their outfits, but then it's like they're obviously uncomfortable. Yeah. And that was like that was with the second look with that cage thing mm-hmm. where, yeah, for like 10 seconds, it looked really cool. But then when you have to watch Drek more to try and talk and move in it. It's like it stopped being it stopped being interesting. Well, yeah, you know what? The one thing I will say, as much as I loved the look, it wasn't necessarily the best look for television hosts. Yeah, it was <laughs> it, like that uh, when RuPaul had that face mask thing. Yes, it was like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it looks it looks cool for like ten seconds, but then when you have to try and talk and move, and you're like, okay, just take the goddamn thing off. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I, I love the looks. Like, if I saw the Blue Brothers in that look, you're right. It, it looks good in an ad if they're walking around the club. But, yeah, for them to be doing a lot of hosting, too, they, they, sh- they probably should have switched it because the first look seemed more to hosting. And I think it was kind of maybe going for either supervillain or superhero. Um, but the, the second look... They would host, but they weren't they weren't on the stage that long. I don't know. I, I can yeah. see your point, but uh yeah. I actually agree with that. I think maybe if they had reversed the looks, I mm-hmm. might have been. But again, like that first look just didn't do anything for me. I mean Yeah, I loved it. Honestly, I feel like they've done a variation of that already. Yeah. And it's like as a season opener, you would think that they would want to have something that was like really out of the box. Mm-hmm. So that, I see that but I mean, look. I'm saying this knowing they still looked fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. they still pulled it off in, in certain ways. But I just was saying in the pantheon of what they've done, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was that great. Okay. Uh, for me, two things. And here, now, here's the deal. As you know, historically, for us, um, we've always been like, oh, can we even find anything to like about this episode? Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, this is one where we can act. I have two things liked about the episode. And actually, obviously, as usual, several things I didn't. Um, loved, loved, loved everything from the beginning of the episode to all the way to the boudoir. That whole sequence I thought was perfection. Yeah, you know, the, I thought it was really well done. The cold open was well done. The new title sequence is amazing. The interstitials where they show like the creepy old mansion and the moon going over it in between each act was yeah. great. Uh, you know what? I know people. some people were upset about uh, the sort of lack of pizzazz in bringing the queens on stage, but I was actually okay with it. I was like, let's just fucking get to this. Right. You know, I was upset about it. Not upset. That's the wrong word. I was kind of like, oh, they should have done something fun in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then once they got into it, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So it was one of those things where it's like, I think once you got the full picture of what they were planning, mm-hmm. you were like, OK, yeah, I, I know why they didn't bring them out in that way. Yeah. But in the beginning, I was like, oh, I really wish they would have done something crazy with their with the opening. Yeah. Um, but, and then the challenge with the compact mirror cases, I thought was really clever. Um, yeah. I loved everything just in the beginning. The, um, the one, another thing that I liked, I love the extermination challenge. I think now that they have more money, uh, they can do more expensive things. And, and it also seemed like the extermination challenge, like, was actually like an extermination challenge. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a thing where it was like. You know, I mean, who knows if if I think if um, Valencia, Valencia, what's mm-hmm. her name? No, Valencia, yeah. 
violence yet. If she had gone through with it, it would have been like she probably would have qu- gotten gotten booted off anyways because she was kept complaining about it. But it's like, oh, how, really? How- I kind of think that, that, you know, she gets propped for overcoming her fear and actually jumping out of the plane. Oh, OK. Well, yeah. But then it's like, well, how do you judge that? But because she didn't because she didn't do go through with it, then I was like, OK. Obviously, she gets exterminated. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and has anybody tapped out on an extermination challenge before? Uh, well, um, not tapped out, but what's-her-face, uh, you know, when she had to eat those brains or whatever, she kind of took forever in her speech. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I've done – I haven't eaten brains in two years. I haven't eaten meat in two years. Yeah, whole you know. speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, but God damn it. What's it something like? I'm doing it not today. Not today. Oh, not today. You're right. That was Loris from season yeah. one. Ugh. Anyway, um, so the one thing I didn't like, um, they've done so much to improve this show, right? I still, I had to pause and do all this shit. I still have no idea what a lot of these people, drag queens, wore on the floor show because they do so many quick cuts and you only get to see them for like a second. And I'm like, let me yes. see them walk down the fucking. Let me see the outfit. Like, could like the people who are safe? I couldn't tell you what some of them wore. Maybe like two yeah. or three of them. You know. Also, it was like I feel like they do this thing. I feel like Camp Wanakiki does this too, where I feel like they have this conversation where they're like, "Let's not do the same boring thing where we just have the drag queens walk down the uh, the aisle, walk down the runway, and show their look. Let's have it be really creepy. <laughs> Let's have it be fun and scary. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I want to see the look. Like they they worked on it. Let yeah. us see the look. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't understand why they have to do those like. Where they show like a, a like seven drag queens in a row, and then they go back to one drag queen, and then they go to you know it's like it's so it's so jumpy. Well, I'll yeah. give you a good example. Even one of the people who was in the top three, Priscilla Chambers, I didn't get to see much of her outfit at all because they would do this thing where they would only because they were really in love with the fact that she hit a, she lit a cigar, so you really only got to see her from the shoulders up. They did a brief thing with her outfit kind of that you would miss if you blinked and then when yeah. they, on the on, when, during the judges critiques they would only show her really from the shoulders up so i didn't yeah. really get to see priscilla's outfit so um yeah like i got to see um well we'll talk about during the floor show but uh yeah I, th- let us see the outfits on the floor show i want to see them which, yeah. is, which is so funny because when the boulet brothers walk out oh my god i know what every inch of their fabric looks like uh, with yeah. them, the, the camera just goes over them. They just stand there still, so they yeah. know what they're. I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah, they do like seven different camera positions <laughs> for for their looks, but then they can't even do one runway look. Yeah, so. it's really, really weird. Really, really weird. All right, in the cold open to season three, we arrive at a hospital where a nervous hospital employee is anxious to dispose of two corpses from the morgue. A security guard walks with her through the hallways as they discuss the gruesome history of these corpses. The bodies are then wheeled into an ambulance and two security guards are placed in the ambulance with the bodies. As the guards discuss the bodies, the Boulay brothers come back to life and savagely murder the security guards and ambulance driver. Then, a good Samaritan who stops at the scene of the crime is attacked and murdered by the Boulay brothers. Lori Roggenkamp, your thoughts on this cold open? Well, first off, they weren't corpses. They were they were just sedated. They even said oh, it in the... Oh, I, I, okay. Oh, so they were sedated. Okay, then that... Because they, that... they were going to a mental institution. Oh, is, how did I miss that? 
Um, I don't know. They said it like 20 times. Oh, so, did they? Yeah, they were like, <laughs> they were like, they said it when they were at the nurses. They said it when the nurse was there. They said it when they when they put the bodies in the their truck. The guy goes, "Okay, let's hurry up and get these freaks to the to the you know mental okay. institution." Okay, okay, then. okay. Here we go. Okay, then I'm gonna give. This is gonna be a lame excuse, but it's a legitimate excuse. I thought the security guards and the ambulance driver were so hot. I think I was just looking at them the whole time. <laughs> and I'm not even being funny. Because I watched that scene twice. I watched it twice, Laurie, and took notes the second time and didn't pick up on that. <laughs> were your notes just like height and body build of the, two, yeah. of the security guards? It was just, you know what? It was just drawings of penises. But now let me ask you this question. That lead okay. So one of my points is moot. Is why were there because the joke I was making in the opening sketch is why were there security guards with bodies, right? But, but then, still, it's like why why would security guards take you know people to a, and why are they doing it at night? Okay, like okay, why? Okay, you go. You say you're something because now that I know the situation, now that the scene actually makes less sense than it did before. The yes. scene actually makes less sense than it did before. So go on. Okay, so let's start at let's let's unpack this. I love how we said that this was the one of the better well, openings. It still is. The best, and it then still we're is. like, yeah, but we have a lot. There's a lot of holes. Oh yeah. So so we get we get the, to the nurses station or to the nur- the nurse, and she's like, "What took you so long?" And he was like, "Oh, we had to take an alternate route. We figure if we took back ways, we'd make up time." Why? Why? Why would you have to take? Just use your sirens. Like why? <laughs> why would you have to take backways well, well, to make up time? Okay, go on. Okay. I'm going to take note because now that you've said this, you've literally blown my mind, and I have so many questions. Okay, go ahead. So then they start talking about how like the the murders are, you know, how they murdered like eight they think they murdered 18 people mm-hmm. and all this stuff and then the nurse is like super nervous and wants them out of here yeah. and she's like they've been sedate they've been sedated and they've been locked up in that uh in that uh place in 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 that room for 2 years in that position. <laughs> yeah. She said, two been, years. she said they've been in that position for two years? Two years. So the I can't imagine what kind of bed source they have. Yeah. <laughs> they've been there two years. So they're sedated, and he, he's like, all right, let's get him out of here. And so then he puts them uh, – oh, so, yeah, the one other thing that I thought was funny was they say, are they sedated yet? Yeah, they won't wake up for a month. I, that's not medically <laughs> – that's, that's unprofessional. Yeah, that's I really thought, odd. <laughs> That really violates some HIPAA regulations. Well, not only I feel that. Like. Okay, you're you're giving me so many questions, Lori. Okay. All right. Do you want to start? You want to start with there? Or do you want? Yeah. Let's just, stay there wanna... until we get into the ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Uh, okay. Because. Okay. Okay. Because because now I have a lot of questions. Now that you've said this, thank you for walking me through this. Okay. Even though so now twice. we're back. Now we're in the ambulance. No, no, no. Let's, let's stay in the hospital because I have so many questions here. Let's stay in the hospital right now because I have, let me ask okay. questions. One. If they're dangerous criminals who – well, i got more questions popping up in my head. If they're dangerous criminals who've murdered 18 people and they need so – and they're so violent that they need to be sedated, why aren't they restrained whatsoever? Like no handcuffs, no bed restraints or anything. They're just – They have they have those like – 
Velcro bed restraints. Oh, they okay. on on the that you put on like it's like they are on an ambulance. You know those gurneys that the yeah. ambulance drivers uh-huh. have, where they uh-huh. put they're in they're on those. So they're they two years they've been prepped and ready, but yeah. apparently the paperwork just didn't go through. Well, that's the thing too is like why if if they've been sedated, why are they in? They why wouldn't they immediately go to a mental institution or a prison? Yeah, I okay. don't know. One, because even there are prison hospitals and stuff like that. You know, once you're stable, I mean, if you have to go, like, they don't do emergency stuff, but you know, they have basically nursing home for prisoners. But they they never were in prison. They've only been there, and now they're getting transferred to. But two years later, that's that makes no sense. I mean, can you imagine what kind of health insurance they have if the (laughs) hospital (laughs) wants them for two years? They must have like a really good PPO. Yeah. Next is so, the, but the dangerous criminals are going to transport them. Why not policemen? Why just random like mall security guards? Yeah. Why wouldn't yeah. they be like policemen? These are dangerous murderers who murdered eighteen people, and they're so and they violent have, uh, that they have to be sedate, they, sedated. They have such blasé attitudes, yeah, towards them. Like the fact, like. Like, it's almost like they're like, well, they're sedated, so nothing bad's going to happen. So let's just sit right next to them. Yeah. And, and you know, not have any weapons or uh-huh. any means of protecting ourselves. Yeah. And then why? And, you're right. There's no guns. There's nothing. Now, why in an ambulance? Why not in a police, like, yeah. like, like, a, like a police van or something? Why like that? not in the middle of the day? <laughs> why? Yeah. And why do they have to take roads that's the thing that i was like but so we haven't gotten to that part by. yet we're still at the hospital but why because when they were corpses my question is like why are they going in the ambulance they're dead why not put them in hearses right or like yeah. some sort of body transporting thing okay so then also there's they've been sedated and they're gonna be sedated for another month according to them but they're not on iv drips or anything to make sure their no. fluids are normal or anything no, they they're just they're just sedated. Apparently, this kind of sedation, you don't need a catheter to make sure you yeah. don't pee or crap your pants. Yeah, they they're like bears. They just stuff their anuses full of hair, uh-huh. and then they just they just let them hibernate for a month. Now, Barney <laughs> of the UK says, uh, "Why did the this is in the chat room? By the way, we have a chat room who listens to us live as we record this." Um, why did the nurse Barney asked good questions. He he wants to know why did the nurse put the key into thin air to open a door? I didn't see this part. I might need to watch this scene again. And I then, mean, I honestly feel like you just watched a porno and you were yeah. just like you were like, Oh, this must be the opening. Like yeah. what then, did you see? What did you think you saw? I need to see it again. And then Barney in the UK also asks, why would the authorities keep the two criminals together? Yeah. Well, okay, so here's the thing. It is sort of like uh so it is sort of like um it, it basically the way that they do it is they're trying to make it look like when she's putting that key in that it's from the the view of the keyhole. So it's like she's putting it uh, in and okay. turning the lock. Why do but I it not- just the this the way that they space that out makes no sense. Why do I um why do I not remember this scene at all, even though I just watched it? Because it's very, like, it's very forgettable, to be honest with you. It's like, I think, the thing, that here's the thing, that the nurse, 
you could tell from the dialogue that the nurse was supposed to act way more nervous and scared than she was. Well, the like when she terrible. was shuffling through her keys mm-hmm. and trying to find and trying to find the key. Like, I almost felt like I was like, I know for a fact, I know that I, I don't know why, but I was like, I know for a fact that she's supposed to be fit shaking. Like she, it's supposed to be that she's super scared and super nervous mm-hmm. and just wants them out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, but then she just sort of like nonchalantly just goes through her keys yeah. Yeah. And sticks it in. So I feel like it was like there's supposed to be a more heightened thing. But then what I think is crazy is that if that had actually been if she had actually been uh do acted that way, it would have made that scene more ridiculous because it would have been like, so you mean to tell me for two goddamn years yeah. this nurse has been on high alert? Yeah. I would have transferred. I would have requested yeah, I would have a, a new job. Yeah. Yeah. Because nurses are in high demand. It's not hard to get a nursing job if you're an RN or something. No. no. Yeah, no, also, not at all. it's like, I would go to HR. Like, yeah. I would do I would do everything. In my, I'd be like, hey, they're like barely strapped. They've got a sheet over them, which protects nobody. Yeah, but they're, why would they put a sheet over them like they're dead? That's why, that's why I thought they were dead. No. They never said they were dead. They but just they, said I mean, she but, just said, but I think I wasn't listening. Okay, here's another thing I want to point out. The acting was so terrible, it was distracting. So I think I was also, I, you know, I, this is going to break my own rule. No, I'm not going to play it. We'll play it after. We'll play it after, after the show. But um, I, need to, I need to listen to that scene again. Because then uh, someone brings up in the chat room, why are their nails on point, but their hands are dirty? Yeah. Because somebody can't, came in and cleaned their nails. Yeah, and did manicuring probably, for them. Yeah. Probably the nurse. She's yeah. probably been cleaning their nails. And yeah, maybe she's an, yeah. But it, but yeah. So uh, okay, so now let's leave the hospital. So now we're in the ambulance, uh-huh. which I I would I call the uh, the beard ambulance because it's all met gay men <laughs> trying to pretend like they're bros. Well, why? <laughs> why not just be gay? Yeah. Also, but also it's like. They act so. What's hilarious is they act like they're they're gay men trying to pretend like they're bros, but then they talk about gay things. Yeah, like they're like you could you can't even you can't even match your outfit. You couldn't even wear makeup correctly. It's like why why would they need to do that? It really is almost like the intro to a lot of gay porns, where it's like yes, I bet you would love sucking a dick. Yeah, I bet. Well, I bet if I did, I'd be really good at it. Uh huh. Well, why don't you try this one on for size? And then it's all of a sudden like boom, boom, yeah. bottom, boom. Yeah. Uh, new recruit. Yeah. I bet you, you need to you need to show me some things before I can promote you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, okay, so let's so we get into the ambulance again. Well, now that it makes sense that. Uh, uh, but again, why weren't they in a police van? Why weren't they handcuffed? If these are criminals who are just under sedation, why aren't their measures taken? Why are they together? Why don't they take them in separately? Why are there? Why are there? Why is it just security guards? I've asked all these questions, but why? That just makes no sense. And then you're right. Why do they take back roads in the middle of the night? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's almost as if I know it's like one of those things where it's like if I had like any kind of. You know, like, um, I, I wish they had, like, a, a existentialism where they were like, guys, I feel like we're in a horror movie. Like, I feel like this is a setup <laughs> yeah. to a horror film. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, next. So then what happens is, and it seems like the only reason they woke up was because they were talking shit on them. Yeah. They were talking about their their murders. Yeah. And, well, actually, <clears throat> what was crazy was... um I think if I remember correctly, they started like 
Yeah, no, you're right. Sorry. I was thinking that they were talking when they started talking about their makeup, but mm-hmm. it was they were talking about their um they're just the the crimes they committed. Yeah. So never mind. Okay, so then they murder them and then a poor black guy, a poor fat black guy is just driving down this back road in the middle of the night and he stops cuz he sees this overturned ambulance. And then he looks around, and then the Boulay brothers just stand there in hospital gowns, and they kill him. Why did they kill him? Well, we don't know. They might have killed him. Yeah. They put their hands up. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like when that ambulance driver, the one who was like, oh, shit, and then they put his the hand out, I would have just swatted the hand away. Yeah. It didn't even bang the head that hard. No. I mean... It was almost like that uh, that Family Guy uh, who was like that the driver the po- the driver of the Pope Mobile who was like, oh any any light tap on my head I automatically become <laughs> I automatically pass out yeah it's like any any tap on my head I just gush blood out of the back and of why head. didn't the other guy like put his arm down or do something or like yeah I don't know it was really odd okay anything more to say about this cold open Laurie no I think we're pretty good i i i think uh which is funny because it sounded like we were really trashing but i actually really loved it which is so funny i did i liked it too it's just you know i think you can always anytime something scary happens you can always argue the logic of it that's true um but also it's like okay i will say i'm gonna say one more thing Mm -hmm. so he he got out of his car Mm -hmm. and walked to the to like the front of his car so he didn't walk that far in front of like up to the ambulance yeah so he and he saw all that blood and those security guards. So why couldn't he have seen that from his car? Yeah. And why couldn't he have just stayed in his car? Why did he have to get out of his car, walk up to like walk like two two walk take like four steps, mm-hmm. look and go, what the hell? And then the the Boulay brothers come after him. But it was just so crazy. And then it's like, and then they're illuminated. And so yeah. it's like, how come he? How he? How did he not see them? So. Okay, here's my question. Let's say you were driving down the street, a back road in the middle of the night. What would you do if you saw this scene? I would keep driving, mm-hmm. and I would call the police. That's exactly what I would do. Exactly what I would do. Yeah. All of the contestants stand on the stage as the Boulay brothers make their first appearance. They welcome the contestants, and then, one by one, the drag queens introduce themselves. After the introductions, the queens move on to the very first mini extermination challenge. Each of the queens will receive a compact case. Nine of those compact cases will be empty, but two of them will not be. One will have a star in the case, and that person will get a trip to Florida, while the other will be forced to chug a chalice full of spiders. Madeline Hatter receives a star in her compact, so she will be forced to go to Florida, while Landon Sider was forced to swallow spiders from a chalice to stay in the competition. After Landon was finished, the Boulay brothers announced this week's floor show. The contestants will walk the runway in their best super villain couture. Lloyd Rogging Camp, your thoughts on this whole opening here? Yeah, I when they said that she got the trip to Key West, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> like and then also I thought I was like, what do you want to bet it's for like late July, early August? Like it's not yeah. it's not for any of the it's not for blackout dates. Yeah, it's not for peaks. But yeah, and it, to me, like I think if they're like, you okay, you have one of two choices. they did it this way, Madeline Hatter, you have one of two choices. You could either spend a week in Florida or chug this chalice full of spiders. I'd literally be like, How many spiders are in that chalice? Yeah, I would have been like, Can I see the chalice? <laughs> 
Yeah. Is it is there water in the chest? You know what's funny is I actually was like, oh god, I'm gonna get grossed out. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, apparently my thing is I just can't handle things in water. Yeah. So it's like if if it was fi- I was fine with that. I was like, oh yeah, I would have been fine. But you put those spiders in water, I would have been like, well, Ugh. I also think Landon did a really smart thing that wasn't necessarily cheating. That she like was chugging it, so like a lot of the spiders just spilled out the side. I I, th- I was like, e- she definitely did that. But what's funny is everybody else was like, look at her chugging those spiders. It was like I think maybe two went into yeah. her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I like this. I like this a lot. I will say I do agree with uh, Barney UK. I do feel like they should have had the spider. I think it should have been like a big spider and it should have been in the compact. That's oh, my. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they thought about it, but I'm sure there was some sort of dangerous thing with that or something. Or yeah. at least put a very realistic looking fake spider. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked it. I thought it was yeah, I but- thought it, it was a it was a fun opener. And uh, yeah, I don't really have any complaints about it. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, it was it was fun. It was to the point. Like, here's the thing: a lot of the problems with with seasons one and two was I think that they didn't really have a good production, like producers. And it seems no. now that they have actual reality show producers, so it moves really well. That's the one big difference between seasons one and two. It moves very very well at a typical expected reality show pace. So it, there's no wasted time. Like. Um, there used to be so much wasted time. You particularly see it in the judges' critiques, but they used to waste so much time. They didn't know where to edit, and now they seem to know where to how to produce a story. Yeah, on I the also feel show. like the the um, what are those things? I keep the testimonials. I feel like I really like those, and the fact that those are, uh, you know, have them without their makeup on, yes. and they're also adding commentary to what's happening, so I feel like that's really good. So, Well, we talked about this on our Meet the Queens episode, but I said I had read that they, because it used to be on the old, because their budget was so low, they couldn't put the Queens up. So I think the co- competition used to be, you got to get your ass out to L.A., and and I think that's why season one had L.A. drag queens, so they could keep their day jobs, okay? And then they would yeah. film during the weekends, and then they had the whole week off in between. Yeah. And so I think with now that they have some money and some cash behind them, they can actually put the queens up and they have a more efficient production schedule. So um, where they can do things that they couldn't do before. And so one of them being now they can keep the queens for confessionals. They can put them up to hotels. They can do all that stuff that they couldn't do before. And so, yeah, and I think, I think it really shows. No, the opening was really good. I do I do want to throw some shade at Louisiana Purchase. They, you can tell that they're forcing these queens to say cunty things in the confessionals, which is fine. But Drag Race, I think, is better at it. But they'll get – yeah. I, I think this will get better next season and maybe even as the season progresses in Dragula – but it's so obvious they've been coached in so many ways. But yeah. so they tell me, like, what do you feel about Madeline Hatter winning this uh, this challenge or this contest? And she goes, I make enough money where I can afford my own vacations. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what? The, the point is so she, do what? I. Yeah. We want a free vacation. They, they sent me a free coupon for something at McDonald's. I was so excited. Right? Yeah. I can afford I McDonald's. Love, I love free T-shirts. I could buy T-shirts. Yeah. But I like getting free T-shirts. I like most anything free, even if it's like yeah. a piece of freak crap, like a dumb stress ball or something. I'm like, whoa, look, yeah. free stress ball. Yeah, yeah. You know? I I, uh, I also, I agree with you in that, because I also think that they, when they went around, you could tell who was, like, more polished or more, like, 
able to talk off the cuff because when they they did their whole opening, which again mm-hmm. I thought was good, but then when they get into the into the makeup room and they start going around and going like, okay, who is everybody? They just repeat what they well, said. Okay, that's why. And remember, I made uh, people are going to hear this later. They're not going to hear this. I made a mistake when I was reading earlier because in my head I was thinking, didn't they already introduce themselves? And I put that in my notes. Like then they introduce themselves again. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, didn't like, thing, I didn't like that. Are you saying that you think that they filmed this after the boudoir scene? Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. That could be the case. I could see that. So one of the things I was saying was, okay, I think, and I, I, don't, I don't know if this is true or not. I haven't looked into it. Mm-hmm. I think Louisiana Purchase mm-hmm. and Miss Kitty Litter ATX are somehow related. <laughs> okay, everyone should know Miss Kitty Litter ATX is a contestant from the season two of Camp Wanakiki. Now, who, she's related to who again? Louisiana Purchase. Look <laughs> at their faces. Well, they have the Lori. same, like, splayed out face that, that uh, you know, where it's like, it looks like, um, you know, a map of Rhode Island. Okay. So anything else to say about this opening bit here? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. No, I, I liked it. I thought, again, like... Uh, you know, I think if we if we focused on it, we can nitpick it today's, but it's yeah. I don't think it needs to be. I think it was good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now this is the part where we can talk for a significant amount of time. Here we go. In the boudoir, the contestants introduce themselves yet again. During this segment, we learn that Priscilla Chambers is not a fan of Dahlia Black. Madeline Hatter is very specific about how her name is said. Hollow Eve attempts to put the word fishy to rest, and everyone seems to come for Saint Lucia. Next, the girls decide to get to work and start sketching out concepts for their look. The next day, the girls enter the workroom with fully realized costumes based on the sketches (laughs) they showed us just the day before. They yeah. start to apply their makeup when an announcement blares overhead that the floor show is about to begin, but the girls aren't ready. What are they going to do? Lori, your thoughts on this whole boudoir segment? So, yeah, I I felt like um I felt like a lot of it was forced, mm-hmm. you know? I felt like a lot of it was like they wanted to obviously show that there were rifts so mm-hmm. that there could be drama mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, I kind of felt like it went on a little too long. Mm-hmm. I was just like, eh, you know, it's they're pretty much. I mean, at some point, they they pretty much repeated themselves. Yeah, you know, and they also like they do the thing that I hate in reality shows or any show in general, where it's like they literally, as soon as they get into the room, they just recap what happened in the previous scene. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we I, we know we were there like yeah. like uh landon cider goes yeah i just ate a bunch of spiders it's like yeah i saw you <laughs> like it's not like i was like what mm-hmm. when you know so um <clears throat> yeah i i i do feel weird about how they sort of ganged up on uh, St. Lucia mm-hmm. because it doesn't seem that they knew too much about well that's why they ganged Yavska. up on her oh, 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 oh i see what you're saying uh-huh they didn't seem like they knew too much about Yavska either. Mm-hmm. And she, um, but then they, but they were only co- sort of like very dis. I, I just didn't like the way that they sort of were like, you know, so what, why, why? It was almost like they were like, prove to us that you yeah. deserve to be here. gatekeeping. Yeah. yeah. Because I think now, um, 
it could be because uh, that because Yavska's look was so incredible that they were like, well, there might we don't want to pick on her. She might be there might be something here, right? And yeah, uh, yeah you're right. It was very Mean Girls gatekeeping because they clearly all know each other. Because later on the next day, we find out that Priscilla and uh, Saint Lucia are fans of each other's on Instagram, right? And then also Priscilla wants to do Saint Lucia. Yeah. She wants her, she wants his balls in his hand. Yeah. Put like, those balls in my hands. I was like, that's a weird sexual. There's something really creepy about Priscilla Chambers. There is. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, I gotta be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was making a mental note of this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I have no proof and it, I don't know if it, it actually is true, but whenever she raises her arm, mm-hmm. I get the faintest hint that she's trying to smell her own armpit. <laughs> Now, look, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something she really does. But what you're saying that she kind of leans into it. Yeah. She oh, whenever she raises her arm, she kind of turns her head a little bit. And yeah. so I always feel like she's just trying to smell her own armpit. Hmm. And she also raises her. I felt like she raised her arm a little too, like a couple more times. And I she also reminds me. Um, who was that girl in the first season of Camp Wanakiki? who uh would always go like yeah and wore those like weird anime things on her head oh yeah i don't remember her name but i know who you're talking about yeah yeah she it reminds me of her because she'll do that thing where she'll go like she'll just go real low voice where she'll be Mm -hmm. like yeah you know and i yeah but that's very old school trip but that i don't i think it doesn't she was doing that there is something that like is is kind of it's it's not there yet but i could see priscilla chambers getting on my nerves at some point there's just something very like backwoods uh deliverance kind of about her um okay can we can we talk about hollow eve or do you want what do you let's touch because she's gonna be such a big discussion let me get the little ones out of the way first let's save her for the end she's sort of the dessert if you will like for instance speaking of priscilla chambers why did she like so roll her eyes at dahlia black and clearly doesn't like dahlia black and i have no idea there must be some previous shit we don't know about it's honestly, I feel like it's that whole thing with Abhorra from last season. It's like she's trying to manufacture drama. Mm-hmm. So it's like when Dahlia Black is talking, she's like rolling her eyes and like, oh, yeah, yeah. I know. So she's trying to it's she's trying to keep her in, in the limelight mm-hmm. so she can be like, oh, yeah, we have issues with each other, you know? Yeah. And so I, I that's all I, I can't imagine. But who knows? Maybe. It's the first episode, so maybe we'll see like another something else happen. Okay, so. now let's talk about Madeline Hatter. Madeline Hatter. I know, but I'm calling her Madeline now because I know it would bug her if she listened. I yeah. honestly don't see why that's a problem. I feel like if it's your name, oh you really, Lori with an I. Lori with an I. I know everyone should know if you if you're ever listening to one of our live shows and you type in Lori with an E, Lori will stop the whole fucking goddamn show and correct you. Because that's not how my name is spelled. So that's why Lori is very defensive of, of Madeline Hatter. Look, it's your name. It's your name. You should be called what your name is. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't see why that's in it. I honestly, I feel like that's oh, more that's, you of know a, what? a uh, you know thing what? for the other person. Hold, please. Hold, hold. And it's the same thing that I'm going to get to with this hollow weave with the word fishy. It's not necessarily that they're wrong. It's how they deliver it. So Madeline Hatter was kind of, she's like, first of all, it's Madeline, and I don't know what country you're from, but we speak English, and I know they speak English in Canada. I am not a fucking cookie, is it essentially what she said. Why couldn't it be like, oh, you know what? Um, I prefer, I, I pronounce it Madeline. 
you know? Yeah. I I try and be like better about I used to be like, hey, asshole. <laughs> like my name doesn't have an E in it because I would get angry with people. But that's crazy. But now it's like I genuinely know that it's not, you know, it's not like a dig. She's coming at it from like she's doing it on purpose to be like, you know, uh pissy or something. But then um but then what I didn't understand was so Yavska was really just trying to throw shade at Madeline and be like, oh, I like the rash. What was she? I don't understand that conversation. I don't understand what she was trying I to, didn't understand to do either. with that. I, again, I, I'm not, you know what the problem is when I'm taking notes? I'm not listening as well because I'm taking notes. And so I'm probably yeah. taking notes during that part. The other thing, too, is um, maybe it has to do with an age thing, but Dahlia references that Madeline Hatter is her drag grandmother. And Madeline Hatter gets kind of pissed. Yeah. She gets kind of, uh, like, upset about that. She, yeah. I think it's because, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, anybody sort of doesn't want to, that's, you know, if somebody called me a grandmother, no matter what the circumstance, I would be like, I'm not that old, you know? Yeah, but so she didn't I think actually it's like, give birth to Victoria Elizabeth Black, and then Victoria Elizabeth Black actually gave birth well, to Well, neither did she. Black. She didn't give birth to. That's what know. I'm saying. That's why. In other words, I you could have a drag. I think there is someone who has a drag mother who's older than her. I mean, a drag daughter who's older than she is. You know, so like the age doesn't matter in this lineage thing. There could be a thing too where like you pick your drag daughter, but you don't pick your drag granddaughter. And so like, because obviously when you when you have a dra- when you're a drag mother, you're saying I endorse this person. So if. If Madeline Hatter is saying, I endorse Victoria Elizabeth Black, it's one thing, but that doesn't mean that her endorsement um, extends to Dahlia Black, and that could be a thing as well. Yeah. I don't know. Madeline Hatter was getting on my fucking nerves. Even her confessional, she just seemed really cunty, and I, I, I oh, wasn't yeah. a fan. Oh, yeah. Well, that's her thing, though. She's very, uh, um, who was that girl from last season? Uh, James something? Was that the name? James God, Majesty? Yeah. James Majesty. Mm-hmm. She's like a, the James Majesty of this of this season. She's very like abrupt, and you know she's one of those people who's like, I'm going to tell you how it is, and if you don't like it, then that's your fault. You yeah. know. Yeah, but then gets really sensitive fault. when you call her Madeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now let's get to the person of the segment, Halloween. Now the first thing is. She she is clear this okay I'm going to say the sentence again. She describes herself as a post-binary drag socialist uh with a penchant for anarchy. Now, first of all, it's clearly and, and she seems to be loaded with these pre-written pre-prepackaged phrases that she has. Yeah. But uh that she just carries around in her back pocket to whip out when she needs them. But so cuz she says that once before, I think she says it in her confessional during her introduction and then she says it again in the uh the boudoir and i'm sure it's something she says quite a bit but if you actually break down the sentence it makes no sense yeah no it doesn't listen to this a brag i mean i'm sorry a post-binary drag socialist now socialism believes even whether you're talking about democratic socialism or whatever kind of socialism they do believe in a very heavy presence of government Okay, so like the government is basically involved in everything that you trust the government to either run your your industry uh, to take. In other words, it's basically anti-capitalist so that the government runs is heavily involved with regulations or to some degree heavily, heavily, heavily involved in commerce. All right. Yeah. And, and, and in theory, I'm not saying it always works out that way, that makes it more fair for the people because they can regulate and don't let people don't let the sort of capitalists take advantage of the people. 
Whereas there's a lot of government. They believe in a lot of government presence, okay? Mm-hmm. Whereas anarchist believes in zero government. Yeah. That's like saying, like, I'm a post-binary drag vegan with a penchant for beef. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. Yeah. yeah. You know what she's not, though? <laughs> okay, oh, here comes. What? Good at drag. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you, but I want, I'm curious. I might agree with elements of what you said. Go ahead. Why do All you right. think that? So her big thing is that she, like, essentially self-mutilates, right? That's, okay. like, her big thing. Mm-hmm. She, she stapled her face to do the, the – which is uh, – it is eye-opening. It's one of those things where you definitely see it, you know? And she did almost the same thing with, uh, with, with her villain look. Mm-hmm. But if you take that out yeah. of the equation, mm-hmm. she has nothing else to offer. I was going to say, I, I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I, I think I have a much more optimistic viewpoint of that, you know, which is, I was, and we can get to this in the floor show, I was thinking when I saw her floor show look, I was like, okay, we're, okay we've seen it this episode, we're done. You know? Yeah. Let's see what you bring next week. Yeah, no, I honestly think she has nothing. She okay. So there's a form of sketch comedy that's becoming really popular, and I uh, trust me, I'm gonna circle back to this. Mm-hmm. But there's a form of sketch comedy that's becoming really popular, which is like this theater pack theater has almost term deemed the the tarp sketch mm-hmm. comedy, which is like you need a tarp on stage in order to do it because everything gets messy, you okay. know. Mm-hmm. And there are people who do it well. Uh, there's this. Uh, team called the midnight show that does it very well but they have funny sketches mm-hmm. they have funny sketches that then go to a place where they might need a tarp or might get crazy mm-hmm. um then there are then there are teams that that that's that's where they start from mm-hmm. they start from crazy they mm-hmm. start from you know bat shit and they go and then it just like fizzles out because they have no substance Mm -hmm. and that is hollow eve to me hollow eve has no substance she's just i'm here to be you know to Mm self-mutilate and to you know to to do this thing that people don't want to do because you know they don't want to hurt their faces or whatever Mm -hmm. and then i'm also here to be like kind of bitchy about you know things that don't really have any ramifications for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't think, I think after t- next episode, I think she's going to be, she's out of ideas. I, 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 I could see the same prediction. I'm hoping she doesn't, uh, but I, I could see what you're saying. I, I think it seems we're seeing a lot of the same thing from her. Um, okay. Then the other I, big, I will also point out, can I point out this out again about how she was like super feminist and super like, you can't use the fishy word. Yeah. By the way, she definitely has a smelly vagina. Um, <laughs> you can't, cause she seemed very defensive about it. Like too defensive um, about she it, was yeah. like, you can't use the fishy word. You can't do this. And then are like, okay, so who do you think, uh, should go home? Uh, St. Lucia, like obviously, <laughs> Like, now, okay. now here's well because a lot oftentimes those people and what I mean by those people I'm talking about blacks no 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 I'm talking about people <laughs> like uh, Hollow Eve um, they're often very protective and sensitive about things that there are groups that they're a part of but don't care about other people does that make sense oh yeah like in other yeah. words because she was born a woman non-binary clearly gender is a very hot button issue for her because she described she defines herself and this is by the way i've because i did this during meet the queens and i still don't understand what it means and i've looked at definitions online many i've tried to find the solution to this i think she kind of maybe defined it here 
She does. She identifies as AFAB. That means assigned female at birth, which I think means she recognizes that the doctors, I think she doesn't even acknowledge that she's female, that the doctors looked at her genitals and checked the box as female. Okay. But that she's, again, a non-binary. She doesn't identify with that gender, but recognizes that biologically the doctors assigned her that position. Now, so that shows you that even she's identifying as such a weird, because in the definitions that I've seen, they make it very clear. We are not trans. We are not trans people, right? So they, it's very, very clear that gender is a very sensitive issue to them. So clearly saying fishy is going to be a, a thing. Now, by the way, you can make a very solid argument ab- against using the word fishy. And I could listen and I could either agree or disagree. I'm not going to even state my position here. But uh, I... She, I'm not even saying the points she was making were wrong, but it's, again, like I was saying with Madeline Hatter, it's this haughty, and I'm going to be honest with you, and I hope I, I know I'm going to offend some of my Bay Area friends, it's kind of the way people in the Bay Area are, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of, and there's a South Park episode that deals with this, so I'll even use that sort of metaphor they were using, where they kind of love the smell of their own farts. You know, and they do yeah. speak very much from this high, like, I've, I'm from the Bay Area, and I figured this out, we're above this. And it does come from a very, like, patronizing, we are so much smarter than you position. Mm-hmm. And so, it's it's not necessarily that the content or her position is wrong. Uh, I might even agree with some of the points, but it is one of these things where it's, the delivery is wrong. The other thing I will say is in season six, Lori, I don't know if you know this, there was a huge controversy because, and I do think this was in bad taste. They did a a, a, um, a mini challenge on the show called He-Male or She-Male, right? Something, that, something like that. And um, I don't remember, I might get the name of the mini challenge wrong, but what they did was they showed the crotches of people and you determine whether they were a drag queen or a biological female, oh, female or she-male. Whether they were a female or a she-male, based on the picture, and and trans activists got really upset, and they you can't even you can't even watch the segment anymore unless you get it online or something. They it's pulled from any episode you buy, it's gone, right? Uh huh. But during the controversy, and this is very RuPaul's way. RuPaul before they pulled it and 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 whatnot, um, sort of gave a lot of interviews where she talked about because she she RuPaul was like, no, I'm fine with this, you know, with tranny and she-male and all that, right? Yeah. And one of the points she made that I do think is very valid, I'm not, and this is not weighing in on that argument about whether that mini challenge was appropriate or not, but she did make an argument that drag is about subversion. It's about knocking down constructs. It's about, it's about not taking anything seriously. It's about turning that world upside down. When a man is dressing as a woman, that, 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 what social mores are no longer important because the job of drag is to trash those social mores. And so basically anything goes and the audience and the drag queen determine what uh, is appropriate. And it's the job of a drag queen to push boundaries and to push that, uh, that element. And I will say, I do kind of agree with it and I do agree with it even more so on a show like Dragula which is kind of saying subliminally, RuPaul's Drag Race is the um, 
the norm and we're gonna but it, it's too safe that rupaul's drag race is too safe here it's okay to be dangerous and to push boundaries and now you have a drag queen on the show or how not she identifies herself, a drag performer on the show saying well now you've crossed the line where if you can and, and, and you know this is a controversy in stand-up too that comes up someone actually wrote to me on instagram and asked me she had gone to a show as a woman she had gone to a show on a cruise ship, and an, an, or I think it was a cruise ship, and the comedian had offended her, and she wanted to know what she should do about that because she knew of a comedian, what my position was, and what, what she should say, or what she should have done. And I said, well, I said, um, unless it was the kind of show where people were talking, I, I just think you should just shut up and not see that comedian again. Um, and I said, uh, I did say that stand up is one of the last bastions of free speech, and that the audience will determine. And if a comic goes over the line, the the audience will let the comic know. And yeah. Could, uh, and, but what are your thoughts on everything I just said, Lori? Yeah, I agree with you about that stand up. I uh, I also I okay. Here's here as a woman. Mm-hmm. Here's what I have an issue with with some drag is that I feel like drag to me is inherently uh sexist okay i feel like it it started from a position of like let's look at these men dress up like women because they're going down a peg because being a woman is low in society Mm -hmm. and so we'll look at these these women these men dress up as women and we'll you know they'll do like songs or whatever i think that's kind of my opinion of how it first started Mm -hmm. i think it has evolved into a performance art that has come out of that sexist attitude but i still think there are still some sexism still some sexism involved where like you know for example landon cider it's a big deal that she's on the show because she's a he's a drag queen drag king mm-hmm. and it's like so it's drag kings are not considered the same um in the same realm as drag queens because for a woman to be a man is a step up for a man mm-hmm. to be a woman is a step down and that's what that's how we view the entertainment. It's almost like to see how they how they take that and go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like the idea of uh, in theory of a person like Hollow Eve, because what she's doing, uh, what they're doing is they are taking or even Yaska. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea of Yaska and Hollow Eve. What they're what they're doing is they're taking um, this sort of like uh, like beginning. Uh, performance and they're evolving it into an actual like entertainment where it's anybody's anybody can do it Mm -hmm. it's any art form it's basically just showcasing your own artistic expression it's not Mm -hmm. about like you know making fun of a gender or making fun of you know a person or anything like that um so i think that that in theory that's why i like the fact that hollow eve is on the show however hollow eve as the the person that she that they are is not talented. I don't feel like they are the best representation. And that's one of the things that frustrates me about when they do this kind of stuff is I feel like they pick these people who are vocal, but not necessarily talented. And they could have picked somebody who was talented. They could have picked somebody who was a drag performer, a non-binary drag performer. I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's more out there who, you know, wasn't necessarily as vocal, but had, better performance abilities and better costume abilities because again you take away the whole self-mutilation both outfits are not good like just on a very basic level Mm -hmm. and so i think that 
that to me, that's why I, it frustrates me because then what's going to happen is people are going to look at this and go, well, see, that's why we shouldn't have drag. That's why drag should just be men dressed as women. Mm-hmm. That's why we shouldn't have the drag performers on there because you get people like Hollow Eve who are, you know, who are not good. And they're also, they get in everyone's face about, you know, things and make, make life difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I, again, I want to make stay for the record. I'm not even saying that Hollow Eve is wrong about the fishy term. I think she brought no. up salient points. I do, th- I really do think that, and I'm, I'm not opposed to reconsidering <laughs> using that word. What I'm saying it again, it was just sort of the patronizing, holier than thou attitude. I didn't think about the Saint Lucia thing, but I remember thinking at the time, like, okay, bitch, now you have me on rate. You have my radar on to hear every time you say something that. Uh, could be deemed offensive. You know, I was just listening, I was just reading this article on Eater. And it, it was a dumb article about words, that, a, a new list of words that they're no longer going to use because they're overused in um, food writing. Mm-hmm. But one of them was just a word that they said, and I can't remember what the fruit is. It's a particular fruit. And it's like, it's based in Southeast Asia, I remember. But that the name we call it here in the US uh, essentially translates to N word fruit. Okay, in another, I think in South African and whatever language, Jeez. like in Afrikaans or something like that. So they were going to actually start calling this fruit by the name they call it in the country of its origin, which is a different name. Okay. Okay. Uh, that to call this fruit, the other one would be would, would offend people because it means N-word fruit. And the reason I bring that up is, and I see that argument. Okay, I'll try and call it something else, and I'll explain to people very gently. You know what's so funny is I have a friend who I was just talking about this the other day. She's really good at, or she she did something really interesting and very clever. One day I was talking, this is years before Kamala Harris was running for president, or I think this is when she was just like the the, the district attorney for California, okay? Um, but she, um, I was talking about her, and I think I said something like the effect of, oh, I like this Kamala Harris, right? Yeah. And my friend who works in government and knew who she was, maybe even knew her, I don't even know, said to me, and I thought it was very interesting how she said this. She went, oh, is that how you say it? She goes, I've always heard it said like Kamala. And I can't remember how she, maybe those were the exact words, but the way she said it was very gentle, but it was very like, I know, and this is how you say it. I'm teaching you in a very gentle way. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm teaching you in a way that affirms who you are, but doesn't humiliate you, which is... um I felt Mad Hatter could have done this. Madeline Hatter could have done the same thing with Yavska, you know, where you, in a very gentle way that sort of affirms the other person, tell them, you, you, you correct them. Yeah. Like maybe no, perhaps you, you, could, you could consider Lori saying like, you know, a lot of people spell it with Lori with an IE, but I actually spell it with an I. Instead of fucking losing your goddamn shit and throwing like like goddamn you know horses with uh, the prostitution horses and throwing the table up in the air like you do when people. I don't. I don't lose my mind. I honestly feel like I all I say is thank. If somebody gives me a compliment, I say thank you very much. My there's no e in my name, or I'll say there's no e in my name, but thank you very much. That's it. That's all I say. All right. Um. Can I? Can I get to uh, – so one of the things that I loved about the workroom, first off, was how how I felt so much better about my drawing abilities <laughs> watching everyone else draw. Well, okay. Then, Let's talk about this. Yeah, go ahead. But then when I was like, why don't they, like, make the outfits there? Or if they already had – obviously, they already had the outfits. They already had like, the outfits, yeah. Let's not even try and pretend yeah. that they didn't. They already had the out- outfits. So why not just, like – 
like they did last uh, last season where they already were fully dressed, but then they would like kind of powder things. Mm-hmm. Why not just have them bring the outfit, but then have the you know, but then sort of have them faux working on the you know working on it or well, something. Well, you know, I will say I actually do like that they didn't because then it lets the outfit be a surprise, right? I like the idea of what they did. Right, but once again, this is the first time where we're seeing old school dra- uh, Dragula come into play here. Where I like the idea, that I like the concept of it, but it's again, it's like this whole like let's pretend. So, are we supposed to pretend that they sketched these outfits there? Okay, yeah, and then in over the course of the night, made these super elaborate outfits. Like, why yes. not? I like. Why not just say, here is the sketch of my, my content, what I want it to be, you know, and let's see, you know, uh, what comes to life or show the sketch on an, on a, on the screen while they talk about it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And then I want to see it realized, fully realize what that looks like, you know, but I don't understand. I, I don't know. They, I thought the pretend. drawing was a useless layer. I didn't really. Think I'm not thinking it's useful, but I, I, I guess I'm more offended by the fact that they want us to believe. They, I hate when they try to make you believe something that's not true on any show. Yeah, I do love though that at one point Louisiana Purchase is talking about her look, and she's talking about she's going to have a whip. But by the way, I never saw the whip during the floor show, and she says I do whip tricks. I do whip tricks because I grew up on a farm. It's a trigger for me. Yeah, what is I didn't get that. I don't think she knows what the word trigger means. Also, uh, I laughed out loud at, um, oh gosh, I'm terrible with names. Uh, I could tell you every scene of that, <laughs> that opening, but I suck at names. Yeah, you told me um, every line they said. So uh, the one who had like the Corella DeVille, like a uh, Maleficent kind of headpiece. Um, I forgot her name, but when she was talking... Uh, when uh, Valencia was talking to her about her outfit and how it was going to be like a meat thing. And it was like, this, this is going to represent how, you know, like the meat industry is mm-hmm. really the evil mm-hmm. of the, <laughs> of, of the world. Yeah. And, I, and she just looks like, Oh boy. <laughs> like, I think, I think we were talking about like Eva destruction. Yes. Eva destruction. Yeah. Eva destruction just goes, and then the second time i laughed out loud was when they when they told those people to go that they were safe and then they get to valencia and they start telling you know like telling her that her outfit wasn't great and she goes man i thought when when they when i was on stage i was like great i'm in the top i'm in the top but i guess i'm not and i was very disappointed no vastly (laughs) vastly disappointed and yeah. he's like you honestly thought that you were in the top she did like, yeah she's very confident oh my yeah, god yeah. Uh-huh. um uh anyway yeah i'm like she look she thinks she looks she looks like a, a younger version of comedian eddie pepitone you know yes. <laughs> doesn't she yes yeah she looks like uh if eddie pepitone and <laughs> divine had a child she does you're right very good point. it would be it would, it, be, it would be violencia yeah uh okay so uh, you're right, and then uh, let me see. The next day, Priscilla. Oh, we do learn that Priscilla Chambers wants Saint Lucia because we talked about that. And then we learned about Saint Lucia. Everyone was. Um, she. We learned that they, that she tattooed herself right? when she was fourteen. When she was fourteen, and also that she only had a five hundred dollar budget to bring all her looks together for Dragula. Um, 
I can't tell if this is setting her up to be one of the first to go home or to be like a hero of the season. I'm very curious because we know these reality shows love underdogs. And it yeah, because what we didn't talk about was on the day before during the boudoir scene, they were all kind of ganging up on her. Yeah, I didn't. Well, we talked about that earlier. I didn't like that. I I thought that was kind of weird. And it was like, you know, I felt like they kind of it was a very like high school kind of thing where I just I didn't like it. But I also thought it was interesting um, that she she goes, I've been doing I've been doing I like how she kind of answered Madeline when she's like, I've been doing drag for a thousand years. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. Um, Okay. Um, Anything else? Have we covered this topic to death? Yes. All right. Very good. Let's move on to the floor show. For the floor show, the Boulay brothers come out with elaborate headpieces and introduce the judges, comic book artist Phil Jimenez and drag race all-star Fifi O'Hara. After the floor show, Land Insider, Yovska, St. Lucia, and Madeline Hatter are deemed safe. Priscilla Chambers, Dahlia Black, and Eva Destruction are placed in the top three, while Louisiana Purchase, Violencia, and Maxi Glamour are placed in the bottom three. Louisiana Purchase is given a pass, while Violencia and Maxi Glamour are forced to go head-to-head in the extermination channel let's stop right here Lori. let's talk about that floor show let's t- first of all before we go into the floor show we think we, we talked about this earlier again they do this weird dumb fake bit where the girls are only half in their face you know their faces are only yeah. half done and they go oh, the floor yeah. show they're like oh my god and they're like and then and then they come out and their faces are completely perfect and their looks are done and on point and you're like mm. i can't i totally forgot it thank you for reminding me Oh my god, that frustrated me so much. That was so dumb. the The thing that really f- frustrated me about that was that they like w- not. You were saying it frustrates you about the costumes. Yeah, it was like either they come out wearing the the makeup that they had on, mm-hmm. or they don't come out at all. It was yeah. like, why in the hell would we? Why in the hell do you think that? What are we supposed to be like? Oh my god! <laughs> they were somehow able to get their makeup on. Like oh, I was so frustrated by that. You know, actually, as we've been talking about season six a lot. There's an episode of season six where going into the commercial, they make it seem like contestant Adore Delano. She is not going to get her fucking dress on. If she does, she's going to have to have it taped on, like it ripped. Like it's like, and they're on their way to go. Like they're like, come on, we're going to the runway, you know? And she's like, ah, and it's like it's taped to the. It's like pit. It's like a whole thing, right? Yeah. And we come back from commercial. They do the runway. It's never brought up ever again. It's never yeah. a problem. She's there. She she's she's fine. The dress looks. Fun. They never say like, "Wow, your dress looks ripped." No, no, never. It's just a good thing. And it's the same thing here. Like that was there was nobody who was not finished. Everyone was finished. And I don't know. That was a weird, weird moment. Yeah. No. I I agree. There's this uh, there's this thing that they do. So I watch a lot of like tattoo reality shows, mm-hmm. and they have this one where they they it's like uh, worst tattoos in America or something. Yeah. And they always every single time. So it's it, they'll they do cover ups of like these bad tattoos, and every single time they go to commercial, they're like they show a preview of them looking at the tattoo, and they make it look like they hate it. Yeah. They'll be like why did you do this or something? It's like, Ooh, Oh no, they're going to hate the tattoo. And they always love it. And I'm always like, stop doing that. That's not, nobody's fooled by that. Nobody's like, Oh, I guess they didn't like the cover up. (laughs) So I'm just like, Oh, it's so frustrating. Uh, I I hate that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't understand. I honestly feel like it's like they do that for like 12 year olds who are like, Oh my God, what's going to happen. You know, it's just like, okay. 
Um, yeah, I completely agree. Now let's talk about the floor show. From what you can remember, uh, what were your thoughts on the floor show? Um, I well, first off, it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, I felt like they should have done a better. Like you were saying earlier, they should have done a better. They should have just honestly. I feel like it, it was longer because they did that dumb cut. If they would have yeah. just showed every queen. You're right. And that was it. I don't understand. I mean, I know they don't want to be like drag drag race, but I feel like if they just did drag race where they have the, the contestants do ADR mm-hmm. and then have them talk about their look, I think that would be fine. Because then you could have them go into the the explanation of their look. And then you don't have to have the dumb drawing scene where they go, you know, they draw stick figures and then they talk mm-hmm. about their looks. So, uh, yeah, I, I also thought that, um, Louisiana purchase, I honestly felt like she should have been the one to go home because even though Valencia wasn't great, Louisiana purchase was just like so lame. And then she shows her butt at the end, like a yeah, slit of her butt weird. to I be know. like, Oh, Hey guys, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Okay. Dad. Like, I don't need to know. I don't need to see your butt. <laughs> well, again, you and I were talking about this, um, uh, during uh, a recent episode of another drag show we were, uh, were talking about. But that's one of the cheapest things you can do in drag. It's like, to me, like the cheap jokes are showing your butt or go- making your voice lower. Like, it's just cheap. You can do better than that, especially for Louisiana Purchase being as such a veteran as she is and as well known as she is. But then sometimes I think those people get stuck in their old tricks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's definitely one of those who I could tell was like, has like her own opinion of what, you know. Yeah. But also, it's like it's one of those small town kind of things where it's like she's obviously like she obviously comes from like a small area where they do drag, and she probably isn't, isn't used she from to like Austin. The... What isn't she from Austin? She's from like a big city in Texas, I think. Oh, I thought she was from a small city. Never mind. Okay, okay. well then she's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's my only thing. I thought. I mean, uh, one of the things is I thought there was clear front runners and clear clear mm-hmm. people who were mm-hmm. like. Eh. So, you know, what's so funny is I wish I could talk more, which is so funny because I hate the looks, but I actually wish I could talk more about the looks. I, I even pause. There are some you just don't get enough uh, to see uh, in their looks. Now, the one thing I will say, um, based on the people who are up there, I pretty much agree with the judges. I perhaps would have put Louisiana Purchase in bottom two as well. It was just like, it's funny because they come down on Violencia as not fitting the challenge which i agree with but i think louisiana didn't either i mean it was just like your basic like cat outfit like kind of thing like it just like uh like a basic snm outfit like I, I could see when it was a good critique to say they could see the villain but not the super villain but that said there were people who that they kept safe who i was like well what was villain about that like what was villainous about mad hatter's look and not mad i'm not i'm sorry not mad hatter i'm sorry i'm talking about um Hollow Eve. What was what was villainous about Hollow Eve's look? Yeah, it was like a cowboy skirt. And yeah. then the only thing that was kind of cra- was crazy was the fact that she had those staples on her. Again, mm-hmm. you know w- what I was saying. You take away that she had a she had probably if you take away those face staples, she had probably one of the worst looks in the entire competition. Yeah, and it- I'm not saying that because I don't like her. I'm saying that because it's true. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with some of the judges. I, I don't know if I agree with some of the people who are safe. You probably could have switched out Maxi Glamour for one of the other queens, but I don't yeah. know. But Louisiana and Violencia did deserve to be there. Violencia, she looked, I think that was a good critique as well. She looked fantastic. I mean, I do think the look looked really good, right? Yeah. But no, she she did a good look. I just don't think she fit the she challenge. She didn't fit the challenge at all. It was just because, you know, she already had that look. And she's like, oh, whatever. That's the one I'm going to do, you know? Yeah, uh, that's gonna be my. I'm, I'm gonna. They, they, what they do is they try and like uh, work backwards and try and make it fit in the competition because she probably loved this steak look that she had and that they would love it. But it probably would have worked in the, either a different challenge or not at all. Sometimes, murder your darlings, Lori. Murder your darlings. All right, moving on. And for the extermination challenge, both Violencia and Maxi, in order to stay in the competition, are going to be forced to jump out of an airplane. Violencia, after much ballyhooing, decides to go forward. In full drag, both girls go to the airplane, but at the last minute, Violencia backs out, and only Maxi Glamour jumps out of the airplane. Uh, do you want to stop here, Lori? Do you want me to finish the, the episode? Uh, you can finish the episode, but I have a conspiracy theory about this whole plane thing. Okay. Later that night, Violencia is walking in an alley in an industrial neighborhood when a mysterious figure beats the shit out of her with a hammer and then dissolves Violencia's body in acid. Lori, your thoughts on the extermination challenge and the extermination itself. What were your thoughts? Okay. So my dad and I, uh, many years ago, went and, and tried to sign up to be... Um, uh, uh, to to jump out of a plane, mm-hmm. we went sky, we went skydiving. By law, you have to take a class. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't have to be a long class. You know, I think like my dad when he was in college, it was like a ten minute class. Mm-hmm. They were like, "This is how you do this," and you know, whatever. Yeah. But we took like a two hour class. They went through all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then at the end of it, they didn't have like a harness that fit over me because I was fat Mm -hmm. and so they were like unfortunately we can't do this you know we just don't feel like it's safe enough so and i was like oh no stop don't and i want to do it (laughs) um but so what i'm trying to say is i feel like either valencia honestly was afraid Mm -hmm. or she like maybe was too overweight for the to to do the dive and they were like okay well we don't want to like just say that you're overweight so we're just gonna have you go on the plane and then get off at some point and be like oh i can't do it um i don't want to do it and so that that's honestly my theory because what i'm saying is is she literally went through the class went through all that stuff this happened at a later date so she they i mean this takes time this takes classes this takes money this takes preparation and then she decides she doesn't want to do it like i feel like there's something else is going on okay I don't think it's a bad conspiracy theory. I don't know, and this is not shade towards you. I don't know that Violencia is that fat that she won't be uh, let. Now, by the way, I agree. I'm with you. I would. They wouldn't let me on. They wouldn't even let me on the plane, right? Yeah. But um, but I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get that sense. One, two, is I, now the conspiracy theory I thought you were going to go with, which I would agree with, is that Violencia said, "Fuck this, I'm not going," right? And that the producers said, listen, we're not going to make you go, but do us a favor. Go out there. Pretend like you were going to go on. Go on the airplane and then back out. You know, bail yeah. out when you, when you, when we go. But you don't have to go on. You can get off before you go. Right? 
but yeah. we'll, let's make it seem like you were going to go on, that you did have the courage and then bailed out. Because that makes more sense. But Because here's the thing, too. If you noticed on their jumpers, it said Paris Valley um, whatever. They filmed this in Los Angeles, okay? Paris Valley is about two hours outside of L.A. So where they had to so this is clearly the next day. So what's so funny is that they made them the next day get all up in their drag again. Yeah. Okay. And then f- drive out, or maybe they drove out that day to Paris or whatever. But they that was clearly take. You and I both agree that was filmed another day. That that's clearly oh, yeah. like in the morning or the middle of the day. It, well, I don't even think it was next day. I think it was like next week. Oh, like really? I don't honestly don't think that they could have gotten everything together in that in a time frame that they want us to make it make us think like they they're trying to make us think that they literally took them from the stage to yeah, the that, that clearly that clearly did not happen that clearly yeah. did not happen you're right i agree with you so i don't know but then what would they have done if she was going to do it i mean they have to fit a shooting schedule they have to send somebody home yeah no i think well i think the thing was is i think the other queen was gonna say i'll, I'll do it mm-hmm. and then um you know because she knew that if she did it she would she would automatically win, you know. So I think she said, I'll do it. And then that was and then they were like, OK, well, we have to show it. You know, we want to show we want to have some kind of story. So it's not just like, oh, she didn't show up, you know. Sort now, of thing. now, now, Luke Stammon says he looked it up. This is in the chat room, by the way. One of our chat room lis- listeners says, and it looks like the weight limit for tandem jumping is about 220 pounds. You're right. So he he. Uh, Violencia might be is pushing it or might be above that. But then yeah. why? But then if they would have known, producers would, in other words, nothing in production <laughs> is by chance. Everything is pre-set up beforehand. So my question is, if they knew that going forward, why wouldn't they then have put Louisiana Purchase and uh, Maxi Glamour in the bottom two? Because they knew that those people could have both done it. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I can't. I can't answer that. I mean, I honestly think that they were like, "Well, they're in the bottom," so mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I I don't think that they had that much foresight. But who knows? Maybe they did. I just think it's it to me. I just I can't imagine that. Like, it just takes it. The the whole thing for me. The point I'm trying to make. Sorry, I, I'm kind of going back and forth. Is it's a process, mm-hmm. and so I honestly feel like if she went through this whole, pro- I can't imagine she went through this whole process mm-hmm. and then decided she didn't want to do it. You know, so that's that's my opinion. Well, that's why it, it could fit with my theory, which is that she said no, but they're like, okay, well, just pretend like you're going through the process. Yeah, I would say maybe that's your that's better. That's a better theory. Mm-hmm. But but I mean yeah that's that was my whole thing was I I was like I wonder if maybe they were like eh, she's kind of overweight and we don't want to have her we don't want to tell people but then why would but but my whole thing is then why would they put her in the bottom two if she's overweight maybe that's just how they maybe they just were like she has this is her time you know I don't know hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you're right. I'm, I'm I don't sure, know. I'm just... I don't know. That's that's a good question for somebody who would know. That's a very odd one. I know for sure they did not film it that day. That, On... We both agree with that. Oh, yeah. Honestly, also, one thing that I thought was hysterical was uh, as soon as she, the FYI, that plane jump was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, way to go for that other queen. I yeah. Kudos to her for doing that. I thought that mm-hmm. was amazing. But so um, 
one of the things that I when when they finished, I was like, okay, so obviously Valencia is going to die. I wonder if they film those death scenes either before everything starts or after the first episode, and then she comes out in her episode, her, her costume. I was like, oh, they film it after the first episode. I think. So what, I yeah, like, I know. I think. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe they film after the first episode, or what they could do. We'll see. Let's see if they're if they're very tricky this whole season. Like they, maybe they're trying to trick us. They could film now that they have money and they're keeping the girls there. They could keep them. Oh, you know what? I just thought of something around your around your uh, thing. They could keep them for um. The to film it for the bottom two, so only the bo- both the people in the bottom two film that death scene, okay, uh, and then and then they have a death scene ready. Oh, I see. Okay, so, so after yeah, every that challenge, makes sense. yeah, they have it. The, in other words, I'm going to tell you, there's a version out there of that same death scene with Maxi Glamour. Yeah, so, maybe we'll see it at the end. Of or the it could season. be too. Maybe that's that is what they're going to do. We'll find out. We'll fi- no, no, no. They won't show the same death scene. In other words, when Maxi Glamour goes, she'll film film that death scene. I'm thinking that people are going to film multiple death scenes over. The, in other words, they're going to have a special death scene for each episode. Oh, really? You think that they're going to spend yeah, that because much time? Have, well, you just film it the same day. You know. But then, if somebody's already filmed their death scene, wouldn't you just go with the one that they had previously? But but notice now that they did it where she's wearing her meat outfit. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm true. They could they they might be like, hey, listen, we have the budget, we have the money, we have the crew, we could just name the bottom two. We could already have the death scene set set up. All right. Yeah. And then they just really quickly film the death scene. You know, we do it with each of them, and then whoever loses, that's the one who gets it. Or going with my conspiracy theory, they could still be doing this. Going with my conspiracy theory, it could be like. All right, well, you're not going to go on this airplane? Well, then, you know, let's film yeah. this death scene now. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll find out. I, there's a lot to – we need to get someone on the inside here, but we're not going to let them live here to listen to this episode. No, never, never show this episode to anybody. Yeah, so what did you think of the death scene, though? Uh, <laughs> I, I will say I like the part – uh, you know, I mean, obviously we could, we could argue the logic of how did she not see that person with the hammer coming? Um, but she just was like looking every other way, but forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, li- I like the part up until they put her in the vat mm-hmm. because they put her in the vat leg first. So she's supposedly either unconscious or dead yeah. and they put her in the vat leg first. So they're going to put each leg in and then push her down. It's like, why don't you just do head first? So that's then you're going to get that cool like. wig shot, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, I just like how they carefully place her leg. Into what, the- what, what I love is that she <laughs> got out of the airplane, went back in full drag and then is randomly walking around the alley of some like storage facility or like a, like a, a, yes. a an industrial district or something that just walking. I will say it looked great, um, but Kind of unoriginal for them. I feel. I feel we see more original ones. As he's yeah. walking down, they beat the shit out of her with a hammer. Also, I thought it was funny that she was like obviously scared of something. So it was like, what did you know that you were going to get killed? Or well, you had know. she not seen this show before too? Like, yeah. <laughs> if I was on the I show just... and I failed, if I, if I was on the show and I dropped out of the extermination challenge, I would one hundred percent hide. Yes. 
I would hide. I would change my name. Change my I would name. change my I would leave drag. The city. I, would, I would definitely not stay in L.A., you know? No. Yeah, I would, I would, I would go into hiding. No, he, I would take a flight. I would ask. I would go, I'm not going to jump, but could you drop me off somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a question. Would you have jumped? Uh, you know, I, I want to say yes, but that's tough to say. I feel like I would have to answer that in the moment. I'm very afraid of heights, but I've always wanted to skydive. I was, I've always wanted to experience that. So I don't know. I mean, it would be one of those things where if it was paid for, I feel like I would have to say yes, because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you're never going to get a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get a, a safer opportunity because you know those producers definitely don't want anything to happen to you. Yeah. So it's like they're going to double check, triple check, and make sure that everything's safe. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I, I want to say yes, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe I would have been like Valencia and just been like, I'm out. I would 100%, 100% not gone. And good logic, too, because if if you're in the bottom two in this first episode and you heard what they said to you about the challenge and you realize you're not vibing with them and they didn't really get you, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to win this competition. And I have a deathly afraid. I'm deathly afraid. Like, in other words, if this was the if this was the challenge episode nine. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. I'm jumping out. Right. Episode yeah. one, and I'm in the bottom two. I'm like, mm, my chances aren't good, and I'm really afraid of this. No, maybe that's what she did. Yeah, maybe that's what she did. Maybe, yeah, because I, I honestly feel like, you know, because she was she hem hem and uh, what's the phrase hemmed and hollered? Yeah, hemmed and so hawed. much hemmed and hawed. what hemmed and hawed hemmed and hawed because she hemmed and hawed so much. I honestly don't think she would have won. Like yeah. she would have been killed uh, no matter what. I think if she would have jumped, she would have survived. I think they would have said, you know what? You, bravo to you for overcoming your fear. And then she would have gone home episode two. I don't think so because what's her, cause the challenge is for, to see what you're up for, right? And so if they have to coax her into doing it and the other girl is just game from go, mm-hmm. then she's obviously going to win because she's up for doing any. You know, they want to see that you have a, yeah, let's fucking do this attitude. I you still know? think I still think they would have kept her because she overcame her challenge, and then episode two they would have ditched her. I still think that. I still hold on to that. All right, Lori, any final thoughts on this episode? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was. I, I, I again, I think it was the best opener of any season. I'm excited to see what they do in the future. I think they're doing some, making some really smart choices. I think again, they they have some choices that I'm like, I don't understand, but I feel like maybe I need to just stop, you know, I need to be like my mom and just kind of give up on hoping that things will turn out well for me. Um, and so I feel like, uh, although I do feel like, I feel like there are some definite people who are like, why are they here? So, you know, I'll, we'll see how it is, but I, I, my front runner is Eva destruction. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. You can tell who the frontrunners are already. I think you're going to see a top three of Eva Destruction. uh, Well, I'm not going to say top three. I'm going to say people who are going to last a long time. Eva Destruction, Madeline Hatter. um, You think Madeline Hatter, really? Yeah, yeah. Her makeup and her looks are actually pretty good. I'll give her that. She's annoying, but yeah. Her makeup is good, but, I mean, she kind of does the same thing. Well, we're gonna find out, and then also this Dahlia Black, I think, looked promising. I don't know. She actually shocked episode. me. Priscilla Chambers is is strong. She, um, yeah, Priscilla Chambers. I will be honest, Priscilla Chambers and Dahlia Black. I did not expect a lot from Dahlia Black. I was yeah. like, eh, she's gonna come out, and yeah. she, I thought she did. 
I don't think I don't uh, personally. I don't think oh, she should have won. Yavska, I think Yavska. Yeah. Go oh, guess what? That's Star's favorite. Oh, Yavska. Well, which I was Mexican. like, of course, she's yeah. creepy and weird. So of course, it's <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's end it there. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Hello Uglies. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of Dragula Season 3. So, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself, goodbye, Uglies. Shut up. Lori Roggenkamp hosts her own podcast, and they're all a part of the Bloody Podcast Network. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at PickleMyth. Joe Batanz is one of the hosts of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. You can find that show on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Hello Uglies is an Afterthought Media podcast.